Hello, hello, welcome one and welcome all to the Around the World podcast. I am your host, the one, the only, Clark Van Deventer. All right, today on the podcast, we are going to Italia. We're going to Italy. All right, now I have, I definitely have some strong opinions when it comes to Italy. And are, are you ready? Here's my opinion. My opinion of Italy is that it's paradise. It's paradise. It is just, it's paradise. Amazing. Uh, also, okay, aside from being paradise, the British poet Samuel Johnson once said that every person who has not been to Italy always feels inferior because they have not seen that which they know they are supposed to see. All right? Like he actually said every man. Every man feels inferior until he been until he has been to Italy because he has not seen that which he knows he is supposed to see. Now I asked my son, he's 15. I asked my son, I'm like, Jack, do you feel inferior because you haven't been to Italy? And he was like, yeah, a little bit. And I was like, good. You should. You should feel inferior a little bit. Like, you're not a loser. <laughs> right? But you should feel a little inferior if you've not been to Italy. I went to Italy for the first time when I was 38 years old. And up until the moment I stepped foot in Italy, yeah, like I, I always felt just a wee bit inferior because I had been studying history my entire life. Like, I, right, I've been super into this stuff my entire life. The foundations of Western civilization are in Italy, the Roman Empire, the Colosseum, the Renaissance. So to be there... To see these places for the first time, to stand in the presence of Michelangelo's statue of David, I felt like when I when I was there, I felt like I have been waiting to do this my entire life. That's how I felt. All right, hey, pause. More on Italy in a minute. All right, if you are new to the podcast. If you're not new, you already know this. You've heard this speech before. If you're a regular, thank you. Thanks for being a regular. Thanks for listening to the podcast. But if you're new, it would be it would be rude of me if you were new to not stop and to welcome you. Right? Welcome to the podcast. Uh, here's the story. This podcast started. I am now. This is episode number forty. I can't believe I'm forty episodes in. Um, this podcast is a spinoff of my hit class on OutSchool. OutSchool.com is a platform I just started teaching on, and I've been guiding a group of students on a perpetual trip around the world. Every week, we drop in on a new country, learn some basic facts. We find it on the map. Who are its neighbors? What's the capital? How many people live here? What's the flag look like? Some basic facts that make parents feel like their kids are learning some social studies. Checking boxes. 
And then we meet a few people, right? We talk about some people from that country's history. We look at some places. Uh, and then we just talk about some things. What are some things you would want to know about this country? Uh, so we've been doing this on this perpetual trip around the world. And the stuff I come across every week getting ready for class, I just, I think it's so cool, right? And I find myself sharing it with my friends when they come over for breakfast or sharing it with my neighbor when I see him in the driveway or, or making chit chat with people at work. And so I, I just love sharing it. So I, that's how this podcast started. That's how we got here. All right, now, Italia. All right, Italy. Okay, first of all, we got to find it. Italy is easy to find. Um, that's one fun thing about this podcast, by the way, is that I can report to you what kids these days know. And, and I can report to you that kids these days, pretty, okay, they pretty much know where Italy is. Most of my students were able to locate Italy on a map this week because it is, of course, the boot in the Mediterranean Sea. Italy is shaped like a boot. Sticks out in the Mediterranean Sea. Southern, Southern Europe, north of Africa. Um, technically, there's three smaller seas around Italy, right? So you have the Mediterranean Sea, but there's technically three smaller seas within the Mediterranean. I guess you'd call them like subsets of the Mediterranean Sea. Um, in front of it, like in front of the boot, you have the Tyrrhenian Sea. Below the boot, you have the Ionian Sea, and the one behind it. All right, are you smarter than a fifth grader? Most of my fifth graders, and my students are about fifth grade, some younger, some older, but are you smarter than a fifth grader? Now, most of my students this week, as I'm pointing at the sea that's behind the boot, or you could say east of Italy, I ask them, do you know the name of the sea? Do you? All right. Do you know the name of this sea? So it's behind Italy. If you if you cross that sea and go all the way to land, you will hit Croatia. So what's that sea in between Italy and Croatia? That sea is. Do you have your answer? It's the Adriatic. Okay, Italy's neighbors. All right. So to the north and kind of west, you have France. To the to the north and barely west, or kind of kind of like up to the northwest is Switzerland. Then moving east, you've got Slovenia. Okay, um, actually stuck in between France and Italy on the Mediterranean Sea is another country. Right, we've talked about this on the podcast before. Monaco. Monaco is four hundred and ninety nine acres, a city state stuck in between France and Italy. And then there's two other countries that are with that are entirely, two other countries that are entirely within the borders of Italy. All right, now, I've got to say this. There's talk next year that my family is going to take a trip to Italy. Now, I, okay, I, I want to go to Spain. Because I haven't been to Spain, but there's talk of Italy. And my kids want to go to Italy because they feel inferior. Okay, so they want to go to Italy. Now, of course, of course I want to go back to Italy. But I will, I will confess, there's a little 
pride in me that likes getting a bigger number. I want the number of countries I have been to to grow and I have not been to Spain. So I'm intrigued by going to Spain instead of Italy. Oh, really, truly, I want to go to both, right? And, I, and truly, we probably will. But I, I still want my number to grow. And so it'd be very easy for me if we're in Italy and I want that number to grow. We're in Italy, we're going to go to Florence. Of course, we're going to Florence because the statue of David is in Florence. And I'm not taking my kids to Italy and not showing them the statue of David. But if I want my number to get bigger, it would be easy while we're in Florence to take a side trip to a tiny little country that is entirely within the borders of Italy called San Marino. San Marino is a mountainous microstate that is about 10 kilometers from the Adriatic coast. And it's tiny, like it's about twice the size of Manhattan. Actually, not twice the size of Manhattan, smaller than almost twice. We'll just, can we say that? Almost twice the size of Manhattan. Um, then within the city of Rome, all right, so we've got two countries that are with, that are, entirely within the borders of Italy. The first is San Marino. The second, if we go to the city of Rome, right? Rome is a city. It's the capital city of Italy. So we go to the city of Rome. And within the city of Rome, inside this city, there is another country. It's the Vatican City or the Holy See, the headquarters of the Holy Roman Catholic Church. Right? This is where the Pope lives. And it is its own country, like the United States has an ambassador to the Holy See, its own country. Okay. All right. Italy. Italy. Okay. Where do I start? And what do I leave out, right? Like last week, we, we were in France. And last week on the podcast, we didn't talk about Joan of Arc or King Louis XIV or Monet or Voltaire. I barely talked about the French Revolution. I didn't even. In that podcast episode, I didn't even use the word enlightenment. So I, I left so much out of France. We talked about good stuff, but I left so much out. This week, we're going to talk about good stuff, and we're going to leave so much stuff out. Well, okay, let's talk Italy. All right, like France, this is a country that values the good life, right? Luxury goods, luxury clothing lines. A luxury fashion industry, Milan, like Milan would sort of be like the New York City of Italy. It's the financial hub, it's the financial capital of the country. It's also the fashion capital of the country. Um, Italy is famous for its luxury cars, right? Like Lamborghini or Ferrari. Um, Italy even has luxurious ice cream, right? Gelato. Now, when I, when I went to Italy, right, I, I went to Italy on a bike trip. I entered Italy by bicycle, riding with my buddy Josh. We had just ridden all these mountains in France. Now we're in Italy, met up with my wife in Rome. But one of the good things about riding your bike up mountains, besides the great views and all the endorphins, is that you can eat all the gelato you want. All right, and gelato is certainly a luxurious form of ice cream. I ate so, I ate so much gelato in Italy. I mean, usually I, I think I, I had a rule. I, I remember this. I had a rule. 
I had to have two a day. Like I had to. If I'd only had one, I had to go out and get a second. Okay, now remember, if you have been listening to the podcast, I talked about Nice last week. Nice is in the south of France. Uh, and if you're in Nice, you are super close to Italy. It's like you're in Italy and you're quickly in Monaco and then you're in Nice. And I remember when my wife and I, we left Italy and we were going back to France and we left Italy. And I'm like, we've left the land of gelato. But then miraculously in Nice, they had gelato. Um, and I remember there being these two gelato places right next to each other. Now, if there are two gelato places right next to each other, how do you choose which one to go to? And, and I had a friend give me some advice on this little tip. And he said, here's what you need to know. If, if there's a gelato place and they use the same scoop for all the gelato, it's not a legit gelato place. The, every flavor of gelato should have its own scoop. Okay, Italy, 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 Italy. Anyway, okay, let's get off gelato for a minute. Luxury, luxury clothing lines, luxury cars, luxury ice cream, and luxury coffee. All right. This is the, think about this. This is the land where the price of espresso is regulated by the government because espresso is considered a human right. All right, let's talk about Americanos. Okay, Americanos, right? You can go to Starbucks and, right, Starbucks, you can go to Starbucks and order an Americano, right? Um, coffee shops all around the world, you can go and order an Americano. Where did this, okay, Americano, of course, is espresso and hot water. Where do we get this term Americano? Why do they call that an Americano? The answer is because after the Allies liberated Italy, at the end of World War II, all these American GIs were walking around Italy, kissing all these Italian girls, and they wanted coffee. And they would go into these places and order a coffee, and they would give them espresso. And the Americans were like, "No, I, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want this little little bit of coffee. I want a big coffee." And these Italians were like, "What? A big coffee?" Like Americans were like, "Yeah, I want a big coffee." And Italians are like, oh, oh, okay. And so they just added hot water to the espresso. And that's where we get the name Americano. Okay, the Italian Renaissance. All right, let's talk the Italian Renaissance. Of course, the two names that we associate with the Italian Renaissance are Leonardo da Vinci and Michelangelo. Uh, okay. Also, let's just get our timeline, right? So we talked about Julius Caesar in class this week. So just getting our getting a rough timeline here. Like, let's just say Caesar lived 2,000 years ago, about. Leonardo and Michelangelo lived, let's just say, 500 years ago. And they, they overlapped, okay? But just pointing out, Leonardo is the older one. I told my students this week, and, and I just made this analogy up in class where I'm like, um, Leonardo is kind of like Michael Jordan and Michelangelo is kind of like LeBron James. And that, war, that works, okay? But I thought about it more. 
actually a better analogy would be that Leonardo is Michael Jordan. And Michelangelo is Kobe Bryant. And LeBron James is Raphael. If you are a basketball fan, all right, and that analogy means anything to you, seriously, it works. Leonardo is Jordan, Michelangelo is Kobe, and Raphael is LeBron. If you're not a basketball fan and you don't understand that analogy, I'm sorry, I'm not going to explain it right now, but it works. All right. Uh, these guys, all right, we're Michelangelo, Leonardo, Raphael. We're, we're talking about the Mount Rushmore, the Italian Renaissance. Leonardo is the ultimate Renaissance man. He's he's kind of like, right, he's like Thomas Jefferson. He's a not a jack of all trades. He's a master of all trades. He's a Renaissance man. He's an artist. He's an architect, he's an engineer, he's an inventor, he's a political and military advisor, he does it all. Uh, Michelangelo, all right, now in class this week, we look at VR of the Sistine Chapel, right, which is in Vatican City. Sistine Chapel, it's the place where all the cardinals of the Catholic Church go when it's time to elect a new pope. And Michelangelo hung upside down and painted the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel, and it's, it's amazing, right? I, I've been there. Like, it's amazing. He also, by the way, right, you can Google it. It's very funny. He wrote a poem about painting the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. Seriously, just Google it. Google um, Michelangelo poem, Sistine Chapel. It's a very funny poem about how much he hated painting the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. But we're looking at the Sistine Chapel in VR this week. And I say to my students, I'm like, guys, the the person who painted this didn't consider himself a painter. And they're like, what? What? Yeah, yeah, right. Good. I'm like, no, seriously, he did not consider himself a painter. He considered himself, like if Michelangelo had a business card, it didn't, his job title wasn't painter. His job title was sculptor. He considered himself a sculptor. Now, in class, this is the point at which I switch slides on our VR, and we go to the Statue of David, right? We're at the Academia Galleria in Florence, and we're looking at the Statue of David. And <laughs> phone's ringing. All right, and the really awkward thing in class is that when the VR opens, and I, I can't control this. The VR is focused right there on the Statue of David. Right? You, you know where. Right there. King David in all of his manhood. Uh, did you hear about this teacher, or was it a principal in Florida who was fired? Or I think, I think he was asked, was it he or she? I don't know. A teacher or principal in Florida was asked to resign. I think they were asked to resign, not technically fired, for showing students a picture of the statue of David. So hopefully I don't get fired for showing VR of the statue of David. Because he's naked, right? And if you're looking at the statue of David, he has huge hands. Like, seriously, look at his hands. But 
by the way, that's that's not what you thought I was going to say, is it? Um, if you look at his hands, they they are big, right? They're big. They're they, they're out of proportion, as other parts of the statue are out of proportion, because the statue wasn't actually created to be placed in a museum, but to be on top of a building, right? And so certain things were created out of out of proportion so that it would look right at the top of a building. Now it's it's just in this museum. Um, and it is amazing. And I, okay, I know it sounds funny for me to say this about the statue of a naked man. But when I saw it, I posted a photo of it on Instagram. And I wrote, this is what I wrote. I wrote that it was quite simply the most captivating, magnificent, and perfect piece of art I have ever seen. It, like, it's amazing. All right, quick facts. Uh, seven, okay, 17 feet tall, actually just short of 17 feet, weighs more than 12,000 pounds, and Michelangelo worked on it between the ages of 26 and 29. The museum where it's housed in Florence is actually pretty small. Most guests who go to this museum will spend less than a half hour there and they will sort of dutifully look at some of the other pieces while they make their way to the statue of David and honestly that's what I did. Um, the other works which are mostly sculptures and mostly by Michelangelo or at least a good number of them um, they're mostly unfinished works but looking at the unfinished works is also really cool because you can sort of see these human figures like breaking out of the rock. Uh, by the way, if we're talking about the statue of David, right, um, just so we're clear, this is the biblical King David, right, the future king of the nation of Israel, about to go into his battle with Goliath. All right, guys, I'm, I'm looking at the clock. It's time to wrap this thing up, and we haven't even talked about the Colosseum or the Pantheon. We looked at both in VR in class this week, both about the same age, the Colosseum completed in 80 AD, the Pantheon completed in, in 125 AD. All right, so these buildings are both, uh, let's just say about 2,000 years old, built with, within 50 years of each other. So anything, if you're 2,000 years old and you're within 50 years of each other, you're about the same age, right? But if you look at the Colosseum, it's falling apart. It's a ruin. And if you look at the Pantheon, like it's in good condition. And I asked my students, I'm like, why? What? Why is one falling apart? Why is one actually in still really good condition? And we talked through that. But what it really comes down to is what these buildings were used for. The Colosseum was built for the gladiatorial games, which eventually fell out of fashion, right? They were eventually outlawed. The Pantheon was built as a temple to the Roman gods and later converted to a Roman Catholic church. So it was used. It had continuous usage and, and reasons for it continuously to be upkept and taken care of. And so 2,000 years later, the Pantheon still looks pretty. It's in good shape. All right. Uh, a million more things. We could talk about. I will tell you. Okay, a couple of final things. I will tell you. Go to Pisa if you're planning a trip to Italy. Go to Pisa. Uh, there's. 
it's a small little town. The statue, the Leaning Tower, it is cool, but I, I like pizza. Um, in my Facebook memories, I love my Facebook memories. Just yesterday, I got a memory of running a half marathon trail run in Portofino, Italy. Uh, next time we go to Italy, and there will be a next time. I definitely want to go further south. All right, the furthest south I got on this last trip five years ago was Rome. So I definitely would love to go further south. Uh, I love that my cycling took us to some places off the beaten path, like Susa. Um, my buddy, Josh, who I was riding with, his brother actually lived in Italy at the time in a city called Vicenza. So I, I love that we got to see a city that wasn't like a total tourist city. Um, we only passed through Milan. I would love to spend more time in Milan. Uh, so yes, 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 there is more of Italy to see. And there's definitely more gelato to eat and more espresso to drink. All right. Hey, one final thing. All right. And this is just some perspective, right? And I shared this with my students this week. If you go to Rome, one of the things that you will see, like you'll see it, you'll go, right? If you're going to do any touristy things in Rome, you're going to go see Trevi Fountain. And Trevi Fountain is an example of something new in Rome, right? Like everything else is like 2,000 years old, but Trevi Fountain is new. And so, right, just a little bit of perspective, Trevi Fountain is older than the United States, completed in 1762 before the American Revolution, for 14 years before the American Revolution. All right, that is all I have for you today. Of course, you can find all of my classes. If you want to sign up, if you have kids, no kids, or are a kid, and want to sign up for my classes on our school, link to my classes in the show notes. Uh, you can also just go to outschool.com, search for me there, um, or find me on Instagram. If you find me on Instagram, and we're going to start posting some fun videos and reels on Instagram with, with our, this kind of around the world stuff. Um, but if you find me on Instagram, I'm at Clark Vand on the gram. If you go to the link in my bio on Instagram, it'll take you to my teacher profile page on OutSchool. All right, or if you're just trying to track me down, Google me, I'm not hard to find, you can email me. Email address is clarkvand at gmail.com. Next week, gosh, next week, we've got Swiss watches, Swiss banking, Swiss chocolate. Going to Switzerland next week. All right, thanks so much for listening. Have a great day.